0: Well, Welcome. Good to see you all. Um, I am pleased to introduce Matthew Euler. Matthew's been here before. I'm not going to say a lot about Matthew because he's going to share a lot of this when he gives his testimony. He's a married man. His beautiful wife Kinzer is present. He's got three children, ages 3 to 13. He is an engineer and designs chemical feed systems for water and wastewater treatment plants. Kinzer is in real estate. Matthew grew up in a great Christian home, but he made a wrong turn. He then became addicted to drugs and alcohol and found out that he was really addicted to sin. The Lord redeemed him, and you're going to hear his story of redemption and how he's a different man now, involved with ministries and um, living for the Lord. So let me pray, and then Matthew, I'm going to walk you up to the podium. Father, we just thank you for Matthew and Kinzer and their children, Lord, and especially for Matthew's redemption, God, and how you used used him and are continuing to use him now. We just pray, Father, that he'll be an empty vessel and speak your words of truth, hope, and encouragement tonight. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.
1: How are y'all doing tonight? Good, good, good. Um, Like John said, my name's Matthew. Um, And I'm uh, really, really happy and excited to be here. I know John just prayed, but I want to... I want to pray myself just to open us up. Father God, I love you and I thank you, Lord. And, and I just pray that you just open our hearts to you tonight, Lord God. I pray that you just um, you speak through me with your Holy Spirit, Father. And I just pray that, that it's not me who's standing up here, Lord God, but it's just your words um, that shine through Jesus. And uh, we just love you so much. And, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Um, <clears throat> So first of all, I just want to say that it's such an honor um, for me to spend some time with y'all tonight. Um, I don't know y'all, but, um, but I definitely feel a personal connection to each of you. And my, my heart hurts for the, for the situations that, that are represented here tonight. Um, I just, I remember the, the pain that I saw in my mother's eyes over and over again um, while I was living um, in my addictions. And I remember the days when I knew that I was breaking her heart, um, but also felt like I was trapped in my situation um, and I'll never forget looking through the glass um, and talking to her on a pay phone um, while I was um, in jail. <clears throat> it's even hard for me to just kind of remember those things sometimes, so you'll have to forgive me right there. But, um, but I know the pain you feel, and I've seen the pain that you feel, and, and I've caused the pain you feel. But, but hallelujah, I also know um, Jesus, our risen Lord, um, and I know the deliverance and redemption and freedom um, that he has to offer um, now, I know it's a little bit of a smaller room right now, but I just still feel like it would be a disservice if I assume that that every person in here knew, um, knew Jesus as their Savior. So um, I just want to take a minute and just give just a little short. Presentation. I just feel like it's my duty um, as a disciple of Christ to make sure that you've heard and understood the gospel. Um, so I just want you to know that Jesus loves you and that he's here for you um, and that he's here in this room right now through the Holy Spirit. And he wants to change your life. Um, he changed mine. And I'm going to get into that story in just a little bit. But uh, but right now, I just want to tell you about him, um, who he is um, and what he did. Um, for you and for your family. Um, Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, left his throne in heaven um, and came down to earth. He saw broken people um, and he came here to save us. He took the form of a man and he lived a perfect life, uh, the life that we could not live, um, but the life that is required to, um, to see eternity with the Father. Um, as he walked this earth, he provided a perfect example of how we're supposed to live um, and he gave us a way to do it. Um, now, because of this religious elite of the time, Um, became afraid uh, and they made a plot to kill him and eventually carried it out Uh, one night when jesus was with his friends a mob came carrying weapons um, and torches they arrested him while he was praying Uh, they took him they wrongfully accused him they spit on him they mocked him and they beat him Um, they beat him so badly that the flesh was literally hanging off his bones Uh, they placed a crown of thorns on his head and they had him carry across to a hill Then they drove nails through his wrists and through his feet, and they rose him up on that cross. Um, As he hung there, suffocating under his own weight, he asked the Father to forgive those who had done this to him, saying, Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. When I pause to think about it, I know that it was me and my sin that put him there on the cross. Um, It was my sin that killed him. I don't know if y'all have ever really stopped to think about the crucifixion before, um, but I have, and I'd like to talk about that for just a moment. Um, Have you ever noticed that Jesus was the first one to die? Um, The Son of God, an eternal being who always was, always is, and always will be, was the first person of three crucified that day to die. Um, and there's three main things that I see in this fact. Um, the first is it emphasized the fact that not a bone in his body would be broken, um, which fulfills prophetic words spoken in the Old Testament. We see this um, in John 19:31 through 37. Um, also, I believe that he had to die um, before the thief that was next to him so that there would be blood to forgive um, the thief of that sin so that he could be with Jesus in paradise that day as he promised. Um, we see that in Luke 23:43. Um, and the last point is where I want to just rest for a moment, um, and this is the reason that I, this is the real reason that I believe that He died first. Um, I just want you to think of the weight that sin has on you. Um, think of the weight you feel when you've done something wrong and it's just really bothering you. Think of the heaviness. Now magnify that times billions and billions of people in each of their lifetimes, um, and imagine the heaviness of that. Um, I don't think it was the actual crucifixion or the beating that killed Jesus. I think it was the weight of the sins that actually killed him. Um, And this is why I often think that it was my sin that killed him. But on the flip side of that, I also know that it was my forgiveness that he was thinking of um, as he hung there on the cross. Um, He died and he was buried in a tomb and he remained there for three days. Uh, But on the third day, he rose again. Praise you, Jesus. Um, And after his resurrection, he appeared to over 500 people during the course of the next 40 days. So not only did he um, predict his death and his resurrection, but he actually pulled it off. And there's actual historical proof that Jesus walked the earth after he was killed and and appeared to all these people alive again. Um, The beautiful part about this is that through Jesus' death and resurrection, um, he set us free from all of our sin. Galatians five one says that uh, for freedom's sake, he set us free. I used to have this one remembered, memorized, but I don't, so I had to mark it real quick. But um, Hebrews twelve eleven, just always. It always inspires me. But therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, closely to us, and let us run the race with endurance, endurance that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated uh, to the right hand of the throne of God." For the joy that was set before him. That's what really gets me. Because the joy of our salvation, the joy of our redemption, the joy of the freedom that he was going to give us, he bore all our sins. He, he hung there on the cross and did that for the joy that was set before him. Or it could be the joy of being with his father in heaven, but I like to think of it the other way. Um, <clears throat> So, we have been set free. All our weights, all the weights and chains have been broken off of us. Um, In fact, once you come to know the Lord and come into a personal relationship with Jesus, um, any chains that still exist are are just things that we're still holding on to. And and I've said this before um, many different times, but I just like to let people know that if they ever, if you are redeemed in Christ and you still feel those chains at any time they come back, that you just need to literally just stop. And open your hands and just visualize yourself letting them go because it's you that's holding them. They're already gone. They're already broken. So sometimes we just need to to make that act of surrender just to remember that we are free um, and not allow ourselves to fall back under any bondage. Um, Some of you maybe thinking that it's not me who needs to be released from my chains. It's, it's my child or, or a family member. Um, but I believe that, that if you have um, a family member that you want to be set free, that the best thing that you can do is for you to personally chase Jesus, um, for you to chase his forgiveness, for you to chase his grace, for you to pursue his mercy. Um, go after these things um, in your life, and it, it will bless your child's life. It will bless your family member's life. And, and just pray, pray, pray. Because I know that the prayers of my mom and the prayers of other people, I know that they worked. Um, <clears throat> now I'm going to spend a few minutes and tell you about how Jesus freed me um, from all the things that that, that had me under bondage. Um, as I stand before you today, I'm, I'm a son of the King, um, a son of the living God, a joint heir to the throne of grace. Um, And it's nothing short of a miracle for me to be able to stand here and say that because I used to go by a lot of other names. I used to be a lot of other things. I was a drug addict. I was an alcoholic. I was a cheater. I was a liar. I was a schemer. I was a scammer. I was a deadbeat dad. Honestly, I was a sorry excuse for what God had created. And worst of all, I was a slave, and I was a conformist. I was a slave to my sin and my addictions, and I was a conformist to whatever environment I was in. But thankfully that all changed when I came into a personal relationship with the person of Jesus Christ. It didn't all change when I hit rock bottom and it didn't all change when I went to jail for the final time. It all changed when I came into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, And this wasn't an overnight experience for me. Um, I asked Him to come into my heart and it was a relationship that grew slowly. Um, But as I stand in front of you right now, Uh, I'm in a passionate love affair with with Jesus Christ, the risen King, and he's the Lord of my heart. um, And it's the most satisfying and joyful relationship that that I could ever imagine. Um, Like I said before, it's such an honor. For me to be able to share my testimony with you all tonight because there 's such great power in testimony revelation 12 eleven says that we overcame him, the devil by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. so our words, when we share our testimony, they literally have power to overcome the devil, um, and that 's just such an incredible gift that he 's given us um, and I really say that every time I share my testimony because I truly believe that it 's just such a weapon that we have. Um, See, and I also believe that that testimony opens up a realm of possibility to people who hear it because you can see you can see and hear a tangible miracle and and just know in your heart that if he did it for me then then he can do it for you and he wants to do it for you um, <clears throat> because he did the things in my that he did in my life, not because of who I am, but because of who he is um, <clears throat> so as John said, I grew up in a normal home. I grew up in a great Christian home. Um, I had a wonderful family who loved me, and they, I was given every opportunity to, to succeed. Um, in high school, my main focus was football. My main identity was football. Um, and I was driven uh, to make it at the next level in college. Um, but that all changed and came crashing down when a, a catastrophic shoulder injury um, ended my career. It, uh, it required surgery. Um, and shortly thereafter I was prescribed to a powerful, um, opiate called Oxycontin. Um, now this was the first drug that I'd ever done besides, you know, just recreational drinking, um, as a high school student. Um, but due to my injury, um, and the sudden loss of my identity, which like I said, was just purely found, um, in football, uh, just kind of not a rabbit trail, but just a side note, um it's so important that we find our identity in truth and the only way that we can find our identity in truth is if our identity is only found in Jesus Christ and I know I wasn't the only person in my high school and high schools all across this country right now who their identity is in baseball or basketball or football or their girlfriend or getting all A's or whatever their appearance whatever the case may be and it's just so important for Uh, first of all, us, to find our identity and truth in Christ, um, and then for us to share that with others, that it's just so important for for others to find their identity and truth, no matter the age. Um, Back from the rabbit trail. Um, So because of the injury, and because of my loss of identity, I kind of fell into, I didn't kind of, I fell into a deep depression, and and the Oxycontin fueled that depression, and uh, it wasn't very long at all before I started abusing um, the drug that was prescribed to me, Um, and I had a rough end of my senior year because of it. Um, I started dabbling in other things, and there's all kinds of stories there that it's not important to get into, um, but I, I did graduate from high school with a couple bumps in the road, um, and I left for Auburn University, um, and it was there where my, my drug and alcohol use um, and addiction really took form, um, and it really didn't take me very long at all to, to be out of, um, not out of, out of the University of Auburn, still living um, in Auburn. Um, <clears throat> And my abuse continued, and, and i just I just continued to go down that wrong path um, and then, from there, I, I bounced around to a few places and ended up um, back in uh, the Atlanta area after a few years and, and In my early 20s I, I was living the bar life. Um, I was a bartender I, I waited tables sometimes um, i was I was drinking a lot of alcohol and i was I was consuming a lot of drugs and, and in that I was also starting to sell drugs and I was starting to sell just enough to kind of make whatever it was that I was doing free, but I was still, still learned that, that trade of, of selling drugs there in my early 20s. Um, and after a few years, as my drug use grew, I actually um, started to mix opiates and cocaine, which is a very deadly mix. Um, thankfully, that didn't happen to me, but I was, I, I was as you can see, just continuing to, to get worse and worse as I, as I was getting older. Um, now, miraculously, in this portion of my life, which was just so crazy, is actually when I met the love of my life, Kinzer. Um, we hit it off extremely quickly, just to kind of put, put this in a little bit of perspective. Our first date was the week of Halloween. Uh, we were engaged just shortly after Valentine's Day. We found out she was pregnant a couple weeks after that, and then we were married um, on Cinco de, Cinco de Mayo, and then we had our child, our son, on September 25th. So that's 11 months, first date to first child. So as you can see, that's pretty quick. Not, not the ideal situation, but of course, I don't think either one of us would change it if we had the if we had the opportunity. Um, But during this time, I was still using and selling drugs, and and, and the use just continued. Um, And like I said a minute ago, I don't want to go into specific stories because that's not um, the life that I'm trying to glorify um, here today. So life went along like this for a while. Um, I was trying to be a dad and a husband and and work, um, but I was completely lost in the world in my addiction. Um, After a few years, um, my drug and alcohol use was increasing, and it was becoming unmanageable. And I was really starting to become a person that I didn't know and didn't even like. Um, Around the time of our three-year anniversary, um, we decided that we were going to go to a music festival in Florida. And to go down there, I bought a large quantity of a drug called MDMA, and I intended to sell it when I was down there. Um, And As I was selling it and using it and doing other things, um, after being there for a day and a half or two, I had a massive seizure. And thankfully, um, the paramedics that were there on site got a hold of me and and everything was okay. And and I made it out with just a really swollen tongue. Um, Now, you would think something like this would slow me down, but it was just more of a speed bump than anything else. Um, I picked right back up after about a week or so. And it didn't take a few months after that for for Kinzer to make the right choice um, and take our son and leave. Um, She couldn't handle my lifestyle anymore, and she made the absolute right choice. Um, Things got really bad after that, uh, and it didn't take long at all for me to completely fall off of their radar. Um, And then it would be five years before I even spoke to them again. During that time, after... um, After they left, I was drinking at least a half a gallon of vodka a day, um, and I was basically doing every drug I could find. Um, I couldn't hold a job or a residence. Um, My friends were distancing themselves from me, um, and I was alone. Uh, Eventually, I left Atlanta, and I moved down to Mobile, Alabama for a fresh start. Uh, My parents had moved down there a few years before, and I thought that being near them and having a change of scenery would be just the change that I needed. But as some of you probably know and have seen, you cannot... Run from an addiction you can't simply change scenery it never works um, so it wasn't long after I'd been down there that I drove my car into a telephone pole at about three o'clock in the afternoon um, completely um, out of my mind um, and this started a whole big chain of events which i'm I'm also going to skip over just because it's it's not that important i don 't want to i don't want to stand up here and, and glorify all of the things that I did I just want to I just want to set the story so you can see the redemption, um, the redemptive work that Jesus did. Um, but I will tell you that it was the darkest time in my life. Um, about a year after the, the DUI accident, I was in an apartment by myself with no furniture and just a TV and a bed on the ground. Um, and now I had some warrants out for my arrest, all for um, drug-related violations. Um, I was actively trying to kill myself with the substances I was using at this time. Uh, every time I would crash and fall asleep, I would wake up and just literally be so mad to still be alive. Um, and somehow, during all this, this, the last two weeks, I remember, was just particularly awful. And somehow, in the middle of all this, I had a clear moment. Um, I spoke with a friend, and I ended up walking down. To the city jail, which was a few blocks away, and, and turning myself in. And, and I just know that there's no way that I could have made that decision in my flesh at that time. I know that Jesus was just guiding me down um, the road. <clears throat> so that's, this is where the, the, the best part of my story happens, because um, all the battles that I'd been fighting, all, um, all, all, of the, all of the sickness that was in my life. Um, everything that I had been dealing with had already been cured Um, and the first step to receiving that victory was was just around the corner um, when I would cry out to Jesus Um, so I I I walked into the city jail and they processed me in and they explained to me that it would be a few hours and then there would be a transport vehicle that would come and pick me up and transfer me to Baldwin County um, Correctional Facility which is actually a maximum security federal holding center no joke um, institution down there in South Alabama. Um, so anyways, I got back to my cell and fell asleep and slept like I've never slept in my entire life. Um, when they woke me up a few hours later, I clearly remember that I was the most clear headed that I'd ever been or that I'd been in the last several years. Um, and it was scary. It scared me because I didn't know what I was going to do, but I knew that my, that my life was about to change and and my life as I knew it was over. Um, so they load me in the back of the transport vehicle. And then as we're going from city to city to pick people up to get over to the county, I was in the back left of the van. And I just remember all of the guys were yelling and screaming and hooting and hollering and, and talking about all kinds of crazy stuff. And I was just in the back seat, just praying and just asking Jesus just, just to help me, to fix me. And I was probably praying the most awkward prayer in the world. And I didn't even know that I was crying out for him to save me at the time. I was just... I just wanted it to get better, but I was just, as the Holy Spirit was, was cleaning up my prayers as he brought them to the Father, I know that it was just, just an on-my-knees, all-out cry for help. Um, so I finally get to, to Baldwin County, where I expected to spend the next six months, um, but on a random Wednesday, after just about three months, I was released and kicked back out on the street. Um, they gave me all my belongings. And somehow, I had the wherewithal to turn my phone off, so I turned it back on. it still had um, some charge on it, so I called my mom. I expected my mom to come down, pick me up, take me home, cook me dinner let me let me have a shower, um, and go about my life because I was all better um, but that 's not at all what happened and and I just want you to keep in mind that while I was in there, my mom came every single Tuesday to visit me, as I was saying earlier, we talked through the glass and I know that that was awful for her. She put money on my books so that I could buy snacks and things while I was in there. She kept money on the phone so I could call her and friends and just try to you know have some outlet to the to the outside world. But as soon as I got out and I called her and I said, "Hey, mom, they let me out. It's totally unexpected. Do you want to come and get me?" She said, "No." She said, "You've got two options. you can either find a rehab to get into or you can go hike, go hang out with your druggy friends, but you're not coming back here." Mm-hmm. So obviously I was shocked Um, and kind of appalled probably. Um, So I hung up the phone with her, thought about it for a minute, and I had the number in my pocket that I'd gotten while I was inside for a place called the Mission of Hope. Uh, It's in Mobile, Alabama. I called them and um, miraculously they had a bed and they said that if I could get there by 3 o'clock that uh, they'd check me in. I did my intake over the phone. Um, And then I called my mom back. And she very happily was on the way to come and pick me up. Um, and of course, once she came and picked me up, then she took me out to eat and took me to Target and did all the <laughs> did all the mom things. But she needed to make sure that that I made the choice. Um, and I know that she was 100% serious. If I would have if I would have tried to explain to her that I was better and that I wouldn't do it again. She would have said, I'm sure you can get one of your druggie friends to come and get you. Um, but thankfully, Jesus. Uh, so she picked me up, and we went to the mission. And that's where the next chapter of my life started. Um, when I got there, I was not happy um, to be there. And I was there for all the wrong reasons. I wanted somebody to tell me what was wrong with me. And, and I had some chemical imbalance. And it was because somebody didn't love me or something. That's what I wanted them to tell me. But instead, um, they told me about Jesus. Um, And honestly, even though I had spent the last three plus months reading my Bible um, in jail to the point where all the pages fell out, which I still have that Bible with pages in all the wrong places, um, I I just still, I just hadn't grabbed onto it yet. Um, It just wasn't real. Um, But after I'd been there at the mission for about 10 days, I was standing outside and a man named Brother Covey approached me. I knew who he was, but I'd never met him, and he certainly didn't have any idea who I was. Uh, but he walked straight up to me, and he said, I have a word from the Lord for you. And of course, I was pretty excited about that. Um, and he said, he said, son, you have a wife. And I said, no, sir, I don't. I have an ex-wife. And he said, no, son, you have a wife, and you have a son. And God told me to tell you that if you write her a letter, he's going to build the bridges. Um, so needless to say, I, I was pretty excited about that. Um, so I got I got her address and, and I wrote her a letter. Um, it took about two weeks to get the letter back from her, um, and when I did, <clears throat> as I was reading and I got to the end, in uh, the very last line said, "I'm not mad at you anymore. In fact, I forgave you a long time ago when I became a Christian." <clears throat> so that was tangible forgiveness that I was holding in my hand. Everything clicked. I was holding the forgiveness of God in my hand, just like I was holding this piece of paper right here. Um, <clears throat> and that's when it all really started to change. That's when the things that I had been reading really started to soak in. Um, <clears throat> so I immediately wrote her back, and, and then she wrote me another letter back, um, And in this little month period where we exchanged a couple letters, I was convinced that she was in love with me again. And, of course, she was at home terrified about what this meant. Um, But we started writing back and forth, and we started um, growing our relationship. But more importantly than that, we started growing together in the Lord. Um, After my 90 days in the program, um, the program, after my 90 days in the... um, in the um, inpatient program at the Mission of Hope, um, I moved into their halfway house. Um, and at this point, um, <clears throat> I got a cell phone. So I got my cell phone back. So, so Kinzer and I's um, communication was able to, to go to the next level. Um, and it really didn't take very long for us to realize that Jesus had, had truly mended this relationship. Um, and while I was still there in the halfway house, We even started talking about making a new life together um, and possibly even um, getting remarried when I got home to Georgia. So as we're talking about these things, I am certain that um, Jesus is going to let me finish my 90-day commitment that I had um, in the halfway house and that he was going to move me directly back home um, at day 91. Um, But like he usually does, Jesus had different plans. Um, So that would have been early June, would have been... Day ninety-one, and in early August, I was I was still in the halfway house, and uh, it was it was around uh, August the third that um, the construction company that I was working for informed me that they wanted me to go uh, to Pennsylvania to work on a compression station on the gas pipeline. This was really far from Georgia, and it wasn't part of my plan, but it was definitely part of his. Um, So a few days later, I found myself in Pennsylvania, on the side of a mountain. in fire retardant gear, working on a gas compression station. Um, It was not at all where I wanted to be, but it was exactly God's plan. Um, He allowed Kinzer and I to grow together um, in him while we were at a great distance from each other. Um, Jesus blessed that time so much. Uh, I stayed there for about three months, um, and then after three months, I was finally able to get a job um, back here in Canton, Georgia. So um, in early November of 2015, I finally moved back home. But even after I got back, it still took us a couple of weeks before we were able to actually um, get together um, in person. But when we did, we hit it off just as quickly as we did the first time. Jesus had, had mended it, um, and we had built our relationship on his rock this time. Um, and then a few weeks after that, just before Thanksgiving, um, I was able to see my son, River, for the first time in five years, over five years. Um, <clears throat> River and I were also able to pick up right where we left off he ran around the corner and jumped right into my arms and it was the holy spirit working um in an 8 year old child that that the only way that that relationship was able to be mended like that um it it, it was and still is a true uh, miracle our relationship river and I's relationship is extremely strong right now um <clears throat> and i i true i didn't write this down but i truthfully still wait for the time when he brings it up and i'm i'm open to to talk to him about it but he never does. He he mentions it. He references when I wasn't there. But he never brings it up. Um, I'm totally open to it if he ever decides to. But I just think that, that Jesus totally healed his heart. And I don't think that he has any confusion about it. Um, <clears throat> watching watching Jesus work in a child is, is one of the coolest things in the world. Um, <clears throat> so... Just before Thanksgiving, I got to see River for the first time. Um, and then the Sunday after Thanksgiving, Kenzer and I were engaged again. Um, and then we were married on February 21st of 2016. Um, so that time it was only like three months from first date <laughs> to getting married. So we're getting, we're getting closer together. Um, and we just celebrated our five-year anniversary um, just a few weeks ago. God has restored our family, and he's delivered me from alcohol and drug addiction um, and I also have not had a seizure I didn't really say that very clearly but after I had that first seizure they continued um, semi-regularly um, but I have not had a seizure since I cried out to um, to Jesus in the back of that transport vehicle <clears throat> I circled delivered on here and as I was reading over this um, earlier today while well, I should have been working this is why I didn't want to post it on Facebook live um <laughs> As I was reading over this and I got to that word delivered, I I just kind of paused on it for a minute because, as Fair said, there's lots of different ways that people in recovery recover. And some people are in NA and AA, and and some people um, are in uh, different programs. Um, And some of us are delivered, and there's absolutely no difference between the people who are in NA and those of us who are delivered. Um, <clears throat> except for that we've just grabbed a hold of that deliverance and the same deliverance is there for every single person. I would never walk up to somebody who is in NA or AA or any other program and tell them that they were doing it the wrong way. I would never, ever do that. But I 100% fully believe that every single person in there can be 100% delivered. Um, <clears throat> heal just the same way that Jesus can heal somebody who has cancer. He can heal people who have um, the disease of addiction. And, and I just want to make that perfectly clear. It is for everybody. Um, <clears throat> God is a miracle worker. In um, those three miracles that I just mentioned, restoring our family, healing me from the addiction, and never having another seizure, that's, that's just three of the miracles that, that he's done in me. Um, there, there's actually more and he never stops doing miracles, and he never will. And the Holy Spirit is working through us today to just continue to do that. And I, I, I just can't leave without saying that. Um, but since then, since Kinzer and I were remarried in, in early uh, 2016, um, we've been growing together as a family. Um, we have two more children, our daughter, Bonnie Starr, um, and our son, Zeke. Um, we live north of Atlanta Uh, We attend New Life Church in in Canton, Georgia. Um, I'm the head coach of the 8th grade um, feeder team for Cherokee High School for football. Um, I've also recently been named uh, the mission pastor for His House Mission. Uh, We focus on transitional homeless, um, and uh, now that I'm the mission pastor, we might also... um, you know, be able to focus on some people with, um, addictions, but we really just want to be the hands and feet of Jesus wherever and, and whenever we're needed. We don't have any restrictions or we just say yes, that's our goal. Um, Kinzer and I are both also flourishing in our secular vocations. Um, and life is good. Um, and it's good because Jesus is the rock of everything that we do. Um, and you know, just because life is good, it's not always easy for us. Um, But no matter what, we always know that the Lord can and will bring us through. Um, We know that according to his word, that no weapon formed against us can prosper. And that by his stripes and by his death on the cross and his resurrection that we are healed. Um, Again, I just want to say that none of the things that he did for me happened by my own strength or my wisdom. And I certainly didn't do anything to deserve any of it. Um, All I did was trust in Jesus. Seek him out And just be obedient to Him. Uh, And I want you to listen to a scripture um, from the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 6, verses 33 and 34. Um, In the Amplified Version it says, But first, and most importantly, seek, aim at, strive after His kingdom and His righteousness, His way of doing and being right, the attitude and character of God, and all these things will be given to you. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own so listen to what he said he said seek his kingdom and his righteousness he didn't say seek the best rehab or try to convince somebody to get into AA or NA Um, of course there's nothing wrong with those things but he first simply wants you to just seek him and seek his kingdom and search out his way of doing things Um, the message version of the bible uh, that same verse reads steep your life in God reality God initiative and God provision Steep means to soak in as to extract its flavor or to surround or fill with a quality or influence. So steep yourself in God. Absorb everything that you can from him um, in his nature. He is a father and he will treat you the same way that any loving father would, um, except for his love is far greater than anything we could possibly imagine. In Isaiah, he's called the everlasting father. And this father's nature is revealed in stories and in testimonies like mine. He forgave me. He changed not only the heart of a woman that I hurt and a son that I abandoned, but he also changed the hearts of her family who watched her go through all these things. Um, The heart of our Father is filled with so much grace and mercy, forgiveness uh, and love, that he sent his only son Jesus to live and die on earth in order to save you, in order to save your family. Remember, Jesus was and is seated in heaven at the right hand of the Father. But he left his seat in glory and came down to earth and he lived a spotless, blameless life for 33 years. Then at the hands of the very people he came to save, he was mocked and beaten and eventually nailed to that cross. And he did this specifically for you. He did it for your family. He did it for me. He had every person who will ever live on his mind as he hung there on that cross and was... Suffocated underneath our sin, he did it for each person sitting here in this room. He specifically had you and your families on his mind as he bore our sin. Um, he did it for me, and he he wants to do it for y'all um, so please give him the pleasure of accepting um the free gift that he has for you, his unmerited, undeserved favor and love, <clears throat> even if you've already accepted it um, sometimes we just need to to to, to remind ourselves and, and to go after it again and just continue to pursue him like we did um, when we first fell in love with him. Um, he came to give us life and to give it to us abundantly. Um, the life I had before Christ wasn't much of a life at all, um, but the life I have now is free and abundant um, and full of love. So I just want to say thank y'all so much for having me um, and just know that I've got so much love for y'all and I'm, and I'm praying for y'all. Um, and that's what I have today. But if anybody has any questions or or wants to talk about anything, I'm definitely here for that. Um, I'm just going to pray real quick and then we'll, we'll end it. Jesus, we love You so much and we're so grateful for You. So grateful for what You've done for us, Father God. And I just, I just pray Your healing on, on anyone who needs it. Lord God, I pray Your deliverance. I pray Your, pray your mercy and Your grace. Holy Spirit, I pray that you just encamp in these people, Lord God. Father, we love you, we thank you, we bless you. And it's in your Son's holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.